Hello, my friends, and welcome to the worldwide broadcast of the Ted and Austin Brower Show, bringing you the world news and health research. I hope you're having an absolutely wonderfully blessed day today. It's a wonderful day down here in Florida. Give everybody a heads up. A lot of people have asked me. I did get over to the doctor yesterday, the orthopedic physician, and my wrist is healing back nicely. I mean, it's still bruised and swollen. Some's only been three weeks with that uh, break on the radial down into the joint, but it is set. It is healing back. It is all straight and uh, basically got a hard cast on it yesterday, and they said I should be bounced back in probably about four weeks, four to five weeks at the rate it's going, so I can get back in the gym. Now, the ironic, funny part of the story, and I'm going to tell you guys the situation that happened yesterday, because this is a very, very strange, precarious situation I have not been in before, and normally, you guys know, most of the time, you can kind of figure out a way to get out of a situation, and this is one of those yesterday that kind of threw me off guard. I did not anticipate this. However, we got through it. Dad and I went over all the way to Orlando to the uh, doctor's office, orthopedic place, a big, like, you know, three, four-story Advent Health Hospital. And so we finally get up to the orthopedic area and check in. And, of course, you know, every time you turn around, somebody's like, oh, you need to wear a mask. And so what I learned a ways back is most cases you just kind of say, okay, and, you know, they try to hand you a mask and you just take it and you put it in your pocket and you walk off. That, and that works about 80 to 90% of the time. Most people don't turn around and harass you and, you know, chase you down. That Most of the time that works. So we get back there and one of the girl, I'm in the waiting room, and one of the girls walks out and she goes, um, we're going to need to do x-rays. I said, yeah, I know. That's what I'm here for. And she goes, well, you need to put a mask on. I said, no, I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm I'm fine. I'm, you know, okay, well, I'll put one on a little bit, whatever we need to do. And uh, so she finally comes back out, and she goes, well, we're going to basically take off your split, and then we're going to basically do x-rays. So you need to come with me. And I said, okay, sweet. We're, we're good. We're rolling now. Everything's moving. I get x-rays finally. This is the main thing. I wanted to see new x-rays to see how this basically is radials healing up into the joints. It was a pretty nasty break. And so we get back there, and they say, you need to put a mask on. I said, okay, whatever. And I, I still didn't put a mask on. Then you take it out of my pocket. I had my backpack with me, and I just kind of ignore them. And so they pull my splint off, and I don't know if they were kind of being irritated because I wouldn't put a mask on or they were trying to punish me. Well, they send me back out to the waiting room, okay, not the x-ray room, the waiting room. I'm sitting out there now with a broken wrist, no splint. No wrap, no nothing now. They just sent me back out there. And I'm like, okay, where are we going? Oh, well, somebody will be here shortly to take you to the x-ray. I said, okay. So I'm sitting there, and I'm kind of like trying to prop my arm up because, I mean, my whole wrist is broken. So it's not like I can just turn around and just flop my arm and act like I'm a bird and walk around the room and act like a crazy person. I can't barely – I can't move it. And so I'm sitting there, sitting there. Finally, girl comes back out, and I said, dude, what are we doing? I said, you guys pulled my splint off. I need to get x-rays on this thing. I mean, this thing's tender. I said, not mention it's fully exposed. I said, if anything happens, you know, I'm, I'm going to re-break it. She goes, oh, well, they'll be here. Somebody will be here for a second, basically, and uh, transport to get you over to x-ray. Well, all of a sudden, somebody shows up, and there's about five of us now, six of us. They caravan over to x-ray. And we go to, like, the third floor through the elevator. Mind you, I have no brace on. I have nothing. I just have a full-blown, broken, bruised, swollen wrist now. And everybody else has all their gear on. Everybody's got, you know, braces on. They got splints on. They got wraps on. And I'm the only one over here this big old swollen wrist. I'm like, well, man, I feel like I got the bad end of this stick. So we get in the x-ray 
waiting room. Now everybody piles in. We're all sitting down in this x-ray room as far as the waiting room again. And I'm sitting there just kind of leaned up against the wall with my arm on top of my backpack. So I bring a backpack with me usually everywhere to keep all my, you know, stuff and gear and food and water in it because I can't carry anything, you know, with both hands. And so I'm sitting there and all of a sudden this black female x-ray nurse or whoever she was walks in. She goes, sir, you need to put a mask on. I said, okay, whatever. And I just kind of ignored her. Well, she comes back over to me with a mask. She goes, right, you need to put a mask on now. I said, I can't. I have a broken wrist. I said, your crew decided to take off my splint, and I have exposed broken wrist right now. Well, do you want me to help you? I said, I don't need any help. I need your help. I said, I don't need anything. I said, I just need to get an x-ray. She goes, well, if you don't put a mask on, we're going to call security. I said, what do you want to do? She goes, well, you have to sit outside. Have to sit outside. I said, "There's nowhere to sit outside. It's a hallway with people pushing gurneys and wheelchairs through." She goes, "You have to sit outside now, or else we're not even going to take you back to get an X-ray." I said, "You know what? Okay, fine." I said, "I'll sit outside like a cockroach in the hallway, waiting to be called in." So this is the way we're going to go with a broken wrist with no brace on it, fully exposed in the middle of a hospital hall. This is a great idea. So she goes, well, "I'll bring a chair out there for you." So she gives one chair. I'm walking. I walk out there. Dad rolls the chair out there for me, and Dad goes, well, I need another chair. She goes, we have one chair for you. That's it. So I'm now, I'm now sitting in the hall, no mask, though, by the way, not at all, with a broken wrist, with no splint, no brace, no cast, nothing on it, fully exposed in the hallway, people running wheelchairs all up and down the hall. And finally, Dad grabs another chair out of the thing. She goes, you can't take that. He goes, okay, that's fine. And he just keeps dragging it out, drags it all around the hall. So she calls security. This, this is how stupid this blithering moron is that she's willing to expose the entire hospital to a lawsuit with putting an injured patient out in the hall with people running wheelchairs out with an exposed wrist because I didn't want to put a mask on while I'm sitting by myself in the corner. This is the level of stupidity and incompetence that is happening now across the country where people in their delusional psychosis. Remember I told you before? They need you to follow their delusion or else they have a conniption fit. So finally, this basically uh, supervisor comes down, real nice lady, Tiffany. She walks in. She goes, what's going on? I'm standing out the hall. And I said, dude, so I got a broken wrist. So you see my giant swollen wrist right here? I said, I have no brace. I said, they took all my bandages off. They took my split off. I said, downstairs. And they sent me up here. And now I'm being stuck outside like I'm a cockroach in the lit, basically in the hallway. I'm told I can't come inside now because I can't put on a mask. She goes, I really am sorry about this. She goes, give me a second. So she comes out. She goes, they are absolute out of control, basically, with the mask in the x-ray room. She goes, I don't know what's going on right now. She goes, can you at least just put this thing on somewhere around you so you have it? And she goes, and I'll get you into x-ray right now and expedite you right to the basically the doctor. She goes, this is, this is not okay. We're not here to hurt you. And I said, you know what? I said, I'm in a position right now. I said, well, I don't want to wear a mask. I said, but then in my head, I'm sitting there going – I can wear a beard diaper, I guess, for a minute to get these x-rays because now I'm in a very precarious situation. I'm in the middle of the hall in a hospital with no bracing on my wrist, no x-rays, no cast, and I can pitch a fit, and they can throw me out, and now I can be thrown out with nothing on my wrist and no x-rays, or I can basically turn around and put this thing around my beard for two minutes, and I did. I complied like a little peasant, and I put it around my beard so I could get x-rays, and as soon as the x-rays were done, I immediately yanked it off. And we went completely maskless again, back down into the doctor's office, into the waiting room again, and back into where the basically the PA was going to see me. And it's funny, we're sitting there, and this time I'm not wearing a mask at all anymore. The only person that was the full-blown moronic clown Gestapo was the black female in the x-ray tech that literally threw me out of the office 
because I wouldn't wear a mask. And so we're sitting there, and the PA comes in, and they basically are looking at my wrist. They said they look at x-rays, and they tell me basically everything's starting to heal up nice. And, you know, we're kind of joking around about stuff with the mask, and they don't find it funny, and I'm not wearing one, and Dad's not wearing one. And what's funny is then one of the ladies comes back by, and she basically tells us she apologizes, Tiffany, about what happened. And, you know, basically everybody's required to wear a mask, but, you know, it is what it is, and, you know – I'm like, that's fine. I'm not wearing one. I said, I just need to get the x-rays. I had to get x-rays on this. And so we're sitting there, and we're waiting basically to get casted. And so Dad walks out of the room, right? And he goes out to basically the big area where all the RNs and PAs are all in this big room. And there's, you know, about a dozen of them out there on computers and stuff. And he goes to ask them where all, when we're going to basically get casted. And he walks in there. And not a single one of them has their mask up. They all either have their mask off or they're completely pulled down. And when he walks in there, everybody tries to pull up their mask real quick, like, oh, my gosh, he's seen us now. We've been busted. We've been seen now without a mask. I can't believe they know that we don't wear masks in here. And so we went and got casted a few minutes later, had a great guy as far as the cast. I mean, did an unbelievably good job. No mask, no issues, no problems. And we were done basically out of there before I ever saw one other single person that was actually in the uh, original waiting room with us. And we got we, – I mean, they straight expedited us through. Here's the moral to the story. A – Sometimes when you're in a precarious situation, you have to try to push through to get something done. It was a horrible situation. I had no cast, no brace, no splint, and I'm in the middle of the hallway now, and I literally can't go anywhere. Where am I going to go? Drive back home now with a broken wrist, and now I have nothing on it? And again, but it shows you the level of stupidity to where simply they want blind compliance, and there was no blind compliance with us. Everybody was very, very, very clear the entire time on how big of a deal we were going to make this. And it's sad to me, though. How there are certain people that still won't even push back and even say no. They simply do it because they're told to do so and won't even call out the liars, the hypocrites, and the complete and total delusional psychosis morons for what they are. And this is the problem that we've run into in this country and where we're at now. And I saw it full hand again yesterday. And again, now I'm sitting here with a cast, got an x-ray, got ran through very quickly, but only – because I pitched a fit, and basically dad was non-compliant as well, did the supervisor get called and come down there? Me personally, I think if nobody would have gotten notified, I think that stinking clown moron mass Nazi that thought she basically wanted to make everybody live in her delusional psychosis, I think she would have let me sit out in the hall the entire day until there was nobody left to possibly x-ray and then basically come out there and try to force me to put on a mask to simply walk back there. That's what I think was going to happen. They were going to punish me and sit me out in the hall for the entire day like I was a bad little student because I wouldn't listen. And again, the supervisor was smart enough to be like, hey, here's a mask. Just kind of like hold it. Just do something. Let me get you back there and get x-ray. We don't want you sitting out here. I'm smart enough to realize this is a massive liability problem, and we need to handle this quickly. And she was very sharp. Her name was Tiffany, and I commend her for actually being wise enough to get something done and not be a moron like the first lady was where you send an exposed broken radial patient out in the hallway with no bracing on a wrist to sit out on the hallway for simply not wearing a mask. But again, I figured I'd share you my adventure yesterday, but again, <laughs> good news. Praise Jesus. Wrist is good. And am I exaggerating about any of that story? <laughs> you know, it, it's almost mind boggling. And we're not picking on this, this girl who treated us like cockroaches and threw us in the hallway. Like we were going to be abandoned refuse because she was black. We're picking on her because she's stupid. 
that's the only reason. I mean, she's not even looking at the liability exposure she has. It, it was funny. We went through the hall. We went. It was, the, the hospital was great, other than that one employee. We we got into the hospital to have it checked. We were supposed to see an orthopedic surgeon. Of course, that was another lie. That never happened. Saw so, you know physician's assistant, and uh, you know we scheduled this thing. And, you know, it was all part of the what happened with the emergency room that Austin had to go to almost a month ago now to get this thing originally splint. And we so we got there. Nobody made us wear masks. We walked to the room, walked to the uh, uh, to the orthopedic center. Nobody made us wear masks. Uh, we went in the back. Nobody made us wear masks. Uh, they were suggesting that we did, but it was no big deal. And then finally, they were taking his wrap off to, to take him to X-rays. And I said to them, I said, you know, why are we taking this off before we X-ray? We can we can take it off in the X-ray suite. Oh no no no, we have to do it right now. We have to. You know, this person is trained to take this off. Well, this is no big deal. This is elastic wrap. And so they had this cast that they had made for him, this partial splint. And I asked him, I said, well, can I keep that? Because I figured something stupid was going to happen. It's, oh, no, 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 this is medical waste. You can't have this. And I said, well, I want the ace bandages because there's like three or four big ace bandages. So they gave me the ace bandages, and we walked back out into the hallway, and I looked at Austin. I said, this is messed up. But I said, why in the world do they have your, your splint off? I said, this is dangerous. I said, you know, you've got a cracked bone here in your, in your, in your radius. I said, you could, you could, if somebody hits this, this is going to be a nightmare. And so then all these other people start coming in for the x-rays, and everybody's got splints on, exactly like Austin said. I looked at him. I said, this is some negligence here, bud. And so then finally they took a whole group of us in the elevator. Austin's like trying to hide the corner to protect his arm. Everybody else was splinted up. And I said to him, I said, this is some stupid stuff that they're doing here, not having you wear a doggone you know, splint. So we get into the x-ray room, and that's when we find the masked Nazi, this girl who basically told us that if we did not leave and sit in the hallway or stand in the hallway, that we were going to basically be escorted out of the hospital by security. She said – and I looked at her, I said, get your security people involved. I could care less. I said, but I will sit in the hallway. If that means we don't have to wear your stupid mask, we'll sit in the hallway. So she had one chair in the back that had wheels on it. She rolls it out. I grab one of the waiting room chairs. She starts screaming at me, telling me to leave it alone. I can't have that chair. So then I take the one chair, I roll it out for Austin. He's sitting in the hallway, like, you know, you know, kind of poised in a position where he's trying to protect his arm. And finally, I walk back into the other room through closed doors and dragged another chair out. As she's screaming the whole time. And all of a sudden, she runs to get security. Guys, we're not making any of this up. So this is the level of noncompliance that we choose to do as Ted and Austin Brower, because we're not going to put up with this nonsense. So finally, I dragged the other chair out in the hallway, so I'm protecting Austin's broken arm on my side. I'm sitting there, and that's when Tiffany showed up, who was absolutely wonderful, and looked at us and said, what the heck is going on out here? I said, well, they put us out in the hallway. And Austin says, we're a bunch of cockroaches, I guess, to this girl inside, so we don't know what to do. You know, I've got a broken arm. She goes, well, would you like to have somebody help you put the mask on? He says, no. And so what ends up happening is she expedites us all the way through x-ray. I mean, we literally were taken by this supervisor immediately. I mean, we're talking within within 90 seconds to the x-ray suite. They literally are done with the x-rays in like one or two minutes. It's a crazy thing I've ever seen. And then they take us immediately to casting. And so, it, it, and this and this supervisor pretty much ramrodded it through. Instead of having to be there for pretty much all day, they said, "Well, we'll get to your X-rays sometime today after they remove the splint." Whatever the heck that meant, we don't know. But all I know is that we went in first, and we were done first, and we were out probably from the time we ended up in the in the Nazi room, okay, with the mask Nazi, and we got thrown out of the hallway. We were literally out of the hospital within 30 minutes. It was that fast. And that included casting and everything. And I thought, wow, this is, this is pretty efficient. I looked at Austin. I started laughing, and I said, 
you know, she'd have left you here, bud. I said, she'd have left me here. We'd all been sitting in the hallway all day. But that's the level of insouciance and stupidity that we have here in the United States. And it doesn't matter that the girl was black. Or she could have been white. She could have been Hispanic. Heck, she could have been purple. Heck, she could have been whatever. It doesn't make any difference. She's just stupid. And, guys, this is the problem that we have here in the U.S. is the compliance. We want to go ahead and do whatever they tell us to do because we're good little peasants. And it just – to be honest with me, it's just my language. It just pisses me off. I mean, we couldn't have been any more obnoxious than we were yesterday without being thrown out. That's the truth because we weren't going to put up with it. If everybody in the United States did what we did yesterday, this whole thing would have come to a screeching halt already because you can't function like that. You can't function with people running around with draconian measures, forcing people into compliance against their will. That's exactly right. You can't do it, and that's that's what we have to do in the United States. This is why we told you almost two years ago, don't wear the stupid mask. Force them. It's, it's the same thing. Same thing same thing's true, with, and also I'll tell you the same thing. Every time we go through TSA, it's a headache. I haven't flown now in years. I have no intentions on flying again until this mask mandate is lifted. But every single time we went on an airplane years ago when we used to fly – Every single time I force TSA to search me physically, I would not well go through their x-ray scanner. I will not. And so if everybody did that, they would have to change their policy. The problem is everybody lines up and gets themselves x-rayed you know, 99.99% of the time because they go along to get along. You can't do that in a, co- in a government that has lost complete control as far as what reality is. And they're willing to take you to a point where they lock you in a concentration camp if you don't take an mRNA death shot. We've got pilots now. I've got, I just posted it on the website, on videotape, giving their names. We're scared to death. We have massive chest pains after the shot. We have our pilot friends are dropping like flies, and it could happen at 100 feet when we're landing a jumbo jet, and everybody could die. When I'm like, whoa, he's saying this. And this is what we have right now. Because we have complied. You can't comply with tyranny. It has no boundaries. Once you comply, they push it further. They push it further until you're lining up on the last train to Auschwitz. I'm telling you guys, this is where it is. And this is where we are. Austin, what do you think? What's your next story? <laughs> no, you're, you're, you're spot on. There was you know, about five or six other people in the waiting room that came down with us for the x-ray. And if everybody else would have stood in there and said, dude, this isn't right. You can't, you can't kick him out in the hallway for not wearing a mask. I'm not going to wear a mask either. Somebody else stood up and said, no. And I promise you, if I would have been in there and that same thing would have been happening to somebody else, I would have been right there shoulder to shoulder with them. Like, dude, no. Neither one of us are going to wear a mask now. We're not going to do it. This completely and totally out of control. And all of a sudden it would have been like, whoa, whoa, whoa. We're going to call security and kick out six, seven, eight people with broke wrist and broke ankles. We're going to kick them out on the hallway right now because none of them are wearing masks. This, this is not going to bode well with the Sun Sentinel in Orlando. You start pulling this up in the news, you start getting alternative media with this. Whoa, hold up. Okay. All right, guys, we'll just sit down. We'll just, we'll just, you know, halt the mask mandate for a minute. Let's just go ahead and get these x-rays done. That's exactly what happened. But nobody didn't. Everybody literally st- stared at me like I was some complete and total crazed lunatic because I was sitting there with a broken wrist saying I'm not going to put a mask on. And he's exactly right. If people start pushing back, one or two of us at a time, you get singled out. Now, 
we were blessed because we made such a stink, and the supervisor realized what an unbelievable liability exposure was. It ended up positive in my favor, and I didn't have to wait there for two, three, four, five hours in the hallway. But again, why won't people push back? Why are so many people scared to simply say the word no? No. She goes, do you need me to help you put it on? No. I don't need you to help me put anything on. I don't need one on. I don't need you to help me. Period. The answer is no. It's funny to me how we've seen this push on the other side about my body, my choice with abortion, right? Those topics. I'm not going to go deep into that. that that's the whole show on that. But they constantly say, my body, my choice. I have the right to say yes. I have the right to say no. The same thing with the Me Too movement as far as with the issues that have happened with sexual abuse and rape and Hollywood and everything. I have the right to say no. And you're 100% right. I've never disagreed with anybody on that topic. You have a right to say yes. You have a right to say no. Everybody has a right to say what happens to their body. Nobody has the right to come in and say, listen, I have a right to tell you what you have to have injected into your body right now. We're going to see what happens with the Supreme Court case today. I'm very curious to see how this is going to play out. And sadly enough, and it's exactly what Dad just said, sadly enough, many of these monster companies have come in now and said they're going to blindly comply no matter what happens unless there is some type of massive retraction of this mandate. Black and Decker which is, you know, big Fortune 500, largest tool manufacturer in the world, Black and D. Black and Decker, they've now already developed an internal tracking system to monitor its employees' COVID vaccination status. This came out in recent week. They said it's previously communicated on December 22nd to prepare for the enforcement of all requirements. All U.S. employees are required to use the vaccination status tracker by Friday, January 7th, to upload a copy of their vaccination record indicating they are fully vaccinated or if they ind- indicate they do not intend to get vaccinated. The tracker is safe, secure, and easy to use, digital tool available to all U.S. employees. This is Black & Decker. Then they come out and say Black & Decker's main distributor is Lowe's. Oh, Lowe's, Black & Decker's largest tool retailer, exemplifies how large corporations have, do- have adopted a ask-no-questions culture of compliance towards the government's COVID dictates. This is what Lowe said. What we're going to do at Lowe's, said CEO Marvin Ellison in an interview, is we're going to, com- we're going to be compliant to any government requirement. If the mandate comes from OSHA for us as a retailer, we're going to spend zero time debating whether or not the government has the right to do so. We're just going to execute it because that's the role we have to play. Thus far, we don't have any concerns relative to this impending, impeding our staff or limiting our ability to run our business or serve our customers. End quote. They're blatantly saying they're not even going to say anything about it. They're not even going to ask questions about it. Black & Decker's already got their COVID vaccine portal in place now. Which troubles me because if you watch trends with big major companies, you all see this with banks. You can usually see what they're about to do before they're going to do it. You saw this with stuff like Merrill Lynch, stuff with uh, basically the um, Goldman Sachs, stuff that happened with the banks right before the big crash. Same thing we're starting to see now. Why are these big Fortune 500 companies starting to put in vaccine platforms so you can upload your vaccine status already now? Vaccine status tracker. Why is Black & Decker doing that? Almost like they already know the Supreme Court's going to rule for this. I don't know. I'm still praying and pushing that these guys have a moment of clarity in the Supreme Court. They turn this thing down and say, no, there's no place for this. This is why I've encouraged so many people in businesses that have basically gotten 
vaccine exemptions, with religious exemptions. And I've helped dozens of people file those out and turn them in. And to my knowledge, everybody's gotten approved on them. But what the problem is, and we're going to see this, and this, I'm just giving everybody heads up because I saw this with the level of ignorance yesterday. You're going to see more and more and more flack in the workplace, even if you have an exemption from other employees that are going to essentially turn snitches on you. And they're going to walk around. They're going to try to basically snitch on you if you do anything that is against protocol because you're not injected. It was funny yesterday. The one guy that was doing my cast, great job on it. And dad asked him, he goes, you've been injected. The guy goes, yeah, had both my shots. And then he looks at us and he goes, not that it really matters because obviously this injection doesn't fix or prevent anything at all. I started laughing. I said, yeah, I said, imagine that. I said, why is it that every time I turn around, it's like somebody that's had their third dose, you know, their booster shot, their triple vax, and now they're coming out and saying they're infected with COVID and they're sick now and they're testing positive. He said, yeah, doesn't seem like it works at all. And I laughed and I said, yeah, it doesn't. That's kind of the joke that is going around now. Is if this thing is so effective, if it's so safe, why is the VAERS report showing tens of thousands of deaths and hundreds of thousands of adverse events? If it's so effective, why is almost everybody that's been triple vax coming down with COVID and testing positive for COVID now? I mean, why would we even mandate something that not only is this unsafe, is this ineffective, and is this untested and has no type of research to back it? Well, the answer is very clear. It comes down to compliance, compliance, compliance. If they can make you believe that you don't have a right to say no about what goes on your face, about what gets injected in your body, if they have a right to tell you you can do this and you can't do that and you have to do this if you want to do this, you are no longer a free man. You are a slave. And it's very, very clear that's where they're going with this. Saw another story earlier with another child, another 13-year-old kid, double vaxxed, basically comes down with massive heart attack now. Massive heart attack. 13 years old kid, cardiac arrest, unexplained. Now we're seeing that huge number of children. This I'm very, very pleased to see this now over in northwest of England. They're saying, according to official reports, huge number of children in some cases, meaning as 95% are refusing to wear a mask or take COVID tests in school. They said, we have reports in the last 24 hours that at least six secondary schools in the northwest of England where children in huge numbers are refusing to take flow tests or to wear a mask, said Damian McNulty, a national executive member of the National Association of Schoolmasters Union. We've got one school in Lancaster where only 67 children out of 1,300 are prepared to have a test and be masked. This is a public health emergency. We have to do something about it right now. Apparently, these kids in England, they got more guts than a lot of people do over here in the United States now. They're saying, no, stupid. We're not going to comply with this. How about no? And if you start having only 67 children out of 1,300 comply meaning you've got well over 1,200 kids now that are saying no, how do you force 1,200 kids to wear a mask in a school? Are you going to expel them all? Are you going to shut down the entire school? I mean, you just kick 1,200 kids out of a school, out of 1,300, your school's going to be shut down. It's going to be defunct. It's not going to function. You're going to have complete and total uproar with the parents. No, you can't. You can't. You can't shut it down. You can't expel all of them. It's like they said back in the day. They can't hang us all. The old patriot motto, the old slogan, they can't hang us all. 
they can't force everybody to get injected and everybody to wear a mask. If everybody pushes back and says no, they can't do it to everybody. But again, it's so important that everybody makes a scene about this. They think they have a right to pitch a fit and tell you what you have to do to your body. Well, guess what, my friends? You absolutely have a right to pitch a fit and say what they can't tell you to do to your body. It goes both ways. Don't ever let them tell you the narrative is one-sided because it's not. You have an option on both ends. That's why I've told you for the longest time I've had zero, zero compliance with the individuals that push their hardcore leftist transgender narrative. I've said this and I've said it many a times. If somebody wants to go run around and address as a grown man and be a cross-dresser, I do not care at all. It does not make one bit of difference to me if somebody wants to do that. Does not I, I literally does not affect me one bit. When it changes my attitude is when they approach me or my children have to see them and they expect me to tell my children that that's normal behavior in society and I have to accept it and I have to embrace it and my children need to know how great and awesome and inclusive it is and I have to be accepted and tolerant of it. No. It goes both ways. You want me to be tolerant of your behavior. Well, you have to be tolerant of my behavior not accepting it. How about that? You want me to be tolerant? I'm going to be tolerant. I'm going to be tolerant of you not being tolerant of me not being tolerant. We can flip this around all day long, my friends. This is how it goes. It doesn't have to be one-sided. So, again, I encourage people, as you see these children now in England, refusing to wear face masks, refusing to make tests. At the same time now, Austria has doubled down, and they're saying that skiers, skiers have to wear face masks outdoors at all times if social distancing cannot be maintained. It's ski resorts. Outside, in the snow, sub-32 degree temperatures, you have to wear a face mask if you're around anybody that basically you can't socially distance. Now, for the most part, when you're out snow skiing, you generally wear a face mask anyway, so you don't get your face wind chapped and cold. But on the other hand, too, if you're on a deck or you're out eating, they're saying now you have to wear a mask at all times while you're outside eating. While you're doing anything around anybody, you have to wear a mask while you're at the ski lodges now. This is the level of idiotic behavior that is trying to be implemented to maintain the delusional fantasy that has been pressed on the American populace. And the only way out of this delusional fantasy is for Americans, patriots, everybody worldwide to stand up and say no. I don't right. need help putting my mask on. I'm not putting a mask on. Sure, I'll make a giant scene and I'll go sit out in the hallway like I'm some peasant and pitch a fit until somebody hears me and somebody notices that I'm not going to be compliant with That's your right. idiotic, moronic mandates. What do you think, Dad? I think you're 100% right. I was there with you. And the irony was when I walked back into the room and they didn't expect anybody coming in, there were literally 12 to 15 of these nurses and physicians assistants and everybody else. Nobody had a mask on. Not one single person was wearing a mask. And as soon as they saw me, they all pulled their masks up. The crazy, and I mean, they were not social distancing. They're all sitting beside each other like they're having a big party. And I, I couldn't even, I, I didn't, I, I'll be honest, I didn't say anything to them. All I wanted to do was get Austin casted and get him out. That's all I cared about. And I thought to myself, wow, what a bunch of hypocrisy going on here. This is insane. But isn't that what is happening all over the world right now? We're complying. Isn't this exactly what happened to the German people with Goebbels and the propaganda minister and the Gestapo and the SS and papers, please? The German people walked around. And the ones who didn't listen were hauled off. I'm going to tell you the story again. A few years ago, I was over in Germany, 
when I could still travel there freely and unmolested on my way. And I haven't been there since this whole thing started with the COVID. And what ended up happening is I was speaking to one of my aunts who was there. Her name's um, Bamberg. And it, it was interesting. Denberg, not Bamberg, Denberg. And it was interesting to me because they were basically talking to me about World War II. They were alive. And they told me that when a person stood against Hitler, if they did it vocally enough, that the neighbors who were snitches would turn them in. And within a few days, the Gestapo or the SS or the Secret Service or whatever would show up at their house at like 3 o'clock in the morning, kick the door down, and haul the people and their children away, never to be seen again. That's how draconian it got in Germany. If you wonder why the German people complied, and I promise you that's going to happen in the United States if we don't do something to stand up. And then a few days later, everybody realized that the house was about to be bulldozed. They were allowed to go in because the doors were open and take anything they wanted out of the house as far as all the neighbors. And then the house was completely bulldozed. The land was flattened. It was resodded as if they had never, ever existed. Within a week, the house was gone. It was like the memory was completely vanished. And my, and my aunt told me after that happened a few times in the neighborhood, everybody shut up because nobody wanted to be hauled off in the middle of the night. Because remember, the Jews weren't the only people being taken to concentration camps, Christians, political dissidents, people who didn't like Hitler. Anybody who basically stood against the narrative was taken away. And something you need to understand, there's an article I've posted about political Zionism and Woodrow Wilson. I want everybody to read it. It's critically important. And what they did is because of the Espionage Act and because of the, how should I say, uh, act against the American population who was against the federal government getting into World War One, and, you know, and, and the Subversion Act and all the other things they had back in the early 1900s because of that blithering, idiot, senile, syphilis-infected Woodrow Wilson. They were basically hauling people off in the middle of the night in the United States by the hundreds of thousands who stood against Wilson as far as getting into World War One, This happened in the United States for the people that were against the United States entry into World War One. This happened a 100 years ago, and it's all linked to political Zionism and the formation of Israel. Read the article in depth. It has multitude, multitude, multitude research references to put this article together. you got to understand what happened. You know, you have to understand where they went with this and, and, you know, and how the tyranny started a hundred years ago with Woodrow Wilson, the passage of the Federal Reserve Act, the passage of the income tax, the passage of Brandis being put into the Supreme Court and all of the stuff that happened with the Versailles Treaty. You got to read the history and what happened and how the show Schofield Bible was pushed on all of us in earnest at that point to force political Zionism into a how should I say, mainstream topic to allow the reformation of this country of Israel to give the Jews a homeland, which I don't really have a problem with that. They didn't have to pick Palestine and kill all the Palestinians. But the reality is is that it was all set up to bring in a third temple in the re- for the Antichrist. That's the problem nobody's really getting. And, and you know, and this is where we have it. We find ourselves now. And, and if Austin and I had been sitting there, and we already had a Chinese social credit score implemented in the United States, and we were both basically, to be honest with you, we were being very non-compliant, obnoxious. We were because of, because of the way they were treating us. Everybody would have gotten on their telephones and started lowering our credit scores. Yeah. Clicking, 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 <laughs> clicking. Uh, no, that's how bad it was yesterday. Oh, and these two peasants are sitting in the hallway. Click, click, click. Bring their credit score down so that we couldn't get a loan to buy a truck or buy a car or get a house mortgage 
or, or buy anything. You, you, you're, 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 you're substandard peasants. You must leave. You must live in a ditch. You must live in the hallway in a chair. Who are you? Peasant, peasant. That's how they treated us. It was insane. And everybody was looking at us and they, it was like they weren't sure if they're supposed to be happy we were doing that, upset we were doing that, or embarrassed we were doing that. But I promise you, the bulk of them would have clicked their telephones to lower our credit score. This is exactly what they do in China. So you can't get on a bus. You can't buy a car. You can't get a train ticket. You can't fly because you're a peasant and you're unruly. And when you start doing that and you start giving all those negative sanctions to people that are saying stuff, pretty soon you have everybody walking in lockstep doing exactly what the government wants for fear of retaliation and not be able to buy food. That's what it boils down to. You know, and you know, this is the same thing's happening in Europe. It's happening all over the world. Something's happening in Austria. Remember, Hitler was an Austrian. Nobody wants to remember that one. And you know, instead, that's the irony of all of this stuff that Austin and I saw yesterday. And I know we're not going heavy on the news cycle. And I realize that the Supreme Court coming in now and hearing about this mandate with OSHA is super important news. But they haven't given a ruling yet, so we don't know what to say about that. All I know is this: these guys are pretty compromised too. We've already seen that. Are they willing to stand against the tyranny that put them into public office through the Supreme Court through the nomination process? Are they willing to stand against these people, these Kabbalists who did this? I don't know. We're going to find out pretty quick because this ruling today is one of the most important rulings the Supreme Court ever had as far as tyranny and draconian control of the federal government over state laws. This is a big deal, guys. This is a huge, huge deal. You know, uh, uh, Paul Craig Roberts wrote an interesting article. He says, does America have a future? And he's talking about, you know, here, here's Greenwald's explanation. Greenwald is basically here. This is a, this is a reality created for us by Democrats. Listen to this. This, this guy's a hardcore Jewish leftist communist. The orgy of psychodrama today, January the 6th, 2022, was so much worse and more pathetic than I expected. And I expected it to be extremely bad and pathetic. House Democrats waited their turn on the House floor to talk to Dick Cheney as a beacon for American democracy, reported CNN's Isaac Dovier. Nancy Pelosi gravely introduced Lin-Manuel Miranda and the cast of Hamilton to sermonize and sing about the importance of the American democracy. The Huffington Post – and I'm not going to read anymore. This is garbage. You know, I'm going to read you another quote here. That this January 6th riot was some sort of serious attempt, insurrection or coup, was laughable from the start. This is, I believe, from Paul and became even more preposterous for the passage of time and emergence of more facts. The United States is the most armed, militarized, the most powerful regime in the history of humanity. The idea that a thousand or so of Trump supporters, actually only a few hundred, and probably more federal agents than Trump supporters, largely comprised a generation X and boomers who had submitted to being locked in their homes during a pandemic, you know, three of whom were so physically infirmed that they dropped dead from the stress, post anything approaching a serious threat to overthrowing the federal government of the United States is such evidently ludicrous assertion that any healthy political culture will instantly expel someone suggesting it with a straight face. Okay, So what he's saying is this is complete junk, complete garbage. But Debbie Wasserman Schultz, okay, who's a hardcore leftist, pro-gay, pro-gun control Jewish Zionist, who is a U.S. congressional person from Florida's 23rd district down there in Broward County, basically has contacted Paul now and asked him to join her as far as going against the resurrectionists. Unbelievable. And it, it goes on now. It says, as readers know my confidence, this is what Paul said back to Debbie, as readers know my confidence in America's future is a rock-bottom low, 
The reason is that people like Glenn Greenwald writes about people like Debbie. It's extraordinary to me that any U.S. representative could be a person as completely uninformed and brainwashed as Debbie Wasserman Schultz. During the alleged Trump insurrection, Trump was speaking to those Americans from all states who had rallied to his support of the Washington Monument a mile or two away. It is unclear whether the few hundred people at the Capitol were even Trump supporters. Many were federal agents and left-wing provocateurs there to undermine the Trump rally with an, orchestr- or Trump rally with an orchestr- orchestration. Now, I'm going to go ahead and let you guys read this and, and, and just go through this. I'm, I'm posting this. And then she goes on to say, she goes, yeah, forgive me, I'm, I'm so aggravated right now. I'm going to slow down. Paul says, when Americans elect pathological liars to rule them, how can there be any hope for America? When a country left by the founding fathers to protection of a free-minded media finds itself instead with a propaganda ministry, how can the people be protected from government lives and tyranny? They cannot be. Are Americans so weak, so insouciant, so cowardly, so brainwashed and indoctrinated that they cannot defend the truth and their liberty? It seems so. Either they allowed Democrats to steal the election or they voted for them. The only conclusion is that the American population is either totally insouciant or cowardly. I can tell you one thing. The kind of America, this kind of America, has no chance whatsoever of standing up to the Russians, the Chinese, and the Iranians. The Democrat kind of America is more opposed to its own country and its own values and to white Americans who have been branded racist than to powerful countries of which this moronic government has made enemies. With the Democrats in control, hate America and hate white people as government policy, the United States will have no future. And Paul's right. You know, Paul, Paul has no, Paul is absolutely right. You know, we are basically committing suicide in the United States because of just complete and total ignorance and insouciance. We have at least 100,000 people dying every single month now from the COVID vaccine consequences, this death shot that they gave everybody. And I think the numbers are a lot higher. I spoke to uh, Dave Hodges yesterday, and I told him, I said, well, you know, Deagle says we have to have about 250 million dead within the next three, four years in order to meet the Deagle projections of 100 million people left on the planet as far as in the United States. And I said, the only way that will work is you have to have about 5 million people die per month in the United States. And that's about a million a week. And so those are the numbers, unless we have some type of, how should I say, coup that arises and the government brings in the blue hats with the United Nations and they have the Russian spesnots and the Chinese go house to house, door to door in the United States to take weapons away from everybody and force inoculations. Now, that's really grim. Okay, I talked to Dave about this at length yesterday. So we can have a lot of people die from a communist force coming into the United States and taking over our country. We have a lot of people die from this shot. All I know is this. I've got multiple friends, and I told you this yesterday, who are going out of business because they cannot find enough help to maintain their companies and maintain their overhead standards. It's happening everywhere. There's a reason General Motors shut production down. There's a reason that General Motors has reduced the production of trucks and everything else that they have by a massive amount. Is it because they have a chip shortage? That's a lie. That's a complete lie. That's, a, that's just obfuscation. There's no shortage of chips. There may be some raw material shortages. That may have happened because of the problems associated with China and imports right now. But the vast majority of this is they're lowering the V1, the velocity of money, in order to reduce inflation. That's number one. Number two, do they know that we're going to have a massive population reduction and they don't want to be stuck with unwanted inventory? Is that the other one? 
And that means that they know they're going to kill a bunch of us. And these powers that run this country, these Kabbalist Luciferians. And yesterday I saw a picture <laughs> of Klaus Schwab and Ivana Trump, Ivanka Trump. Yeah, they're just sitting beside each other, like posing for a photograph. Klaus Schwab and the Kabbalist witch. Yeah, that's just around the country. That's just around the world, guys. And you got to understand this. I mean, when I, when I speak in the Roger Stone the other night, he absolutely can't stand the Kushners. Can't stand them. So they're horrible people. And guys, listen to me. This is the group that Donald Trump is affiliated with. Don't forget that. This is his daughter. He had her at the White House. He had a Jared Kushner at the White House. They walked away with approximately $350 million, you know, in money and income and whatever they got from being in the White House with all the different deals they did. This is the group that runs the planet, that runs the central banks, that controls the military-industrial complex, that controls Zionism, that controls the Schofield Reference Bible that's basically hamstringed Christians into believing that if you don't support Israel, you're going to be cursed – Yet Israel is the number one homosexual destination in the world with every kind of sexual brothel available. No matter what you want to have sex with, you can do it in Israel. And that's what they believe right now, that they have to support a country that's this corrupt, started as a communist nation. It's like Chuck Baldwin said, you know, are we better off because we've been supporting Israel since the 40s, since its formation? Or are we worse off? Look at the look at the look at what Biden said in his speech to the Jewish leaders. I read it to you yesterday. He straight called them out for everything that we've talked about. And they said he was being anti-Semitic for telling them the truth. Everything is hidden because these people don't want to be seen from the rooftops. They don't want to be seen in the bright light. They do everything in a subversive manner. Kennedy said that Kennedy said that in his speech to the to the uh, newspaper association. You guys need to listen to it. He said these guys do it all at night in the darkness, and they basically do it covertly. And it's through covet means, he said. Now, some people say he's saying covert. Some people say he's saying covet. He sure said covet. Now, but that's his accent. I don't know. But the reality is this. These guys are the ones who own the central banks. These are the same guys who are the Kabbalists, the Luciferians, the synagogue of Satan who worship Baal, Moloch, and Asherah. It's always the same group of people that have basically followed the teachings of the fallen angels and these demonic gods. Whether you want to believe that or not, that's just who it is. And if you dig deep enough into this rabbit hole, you're going to find this out. These people like Madonna who are Kabbalists and, and Katy Perry who are Kabbalists, they're not Jewish. They're synagogue of Satan. They're people that basically, you know, are assuming this role of being a Kabbalist, which they say is an ancient form of Judaism, but it's not. It's an ancient form of Satanism written in 72 AD from the Zohar that took the ancient Canaanite religions of Baal, Moloch, and Asherah worship, combined them with the ancient religions of Egypt, of Isis worship, and took it together in a how-to primer of witchcraft and demonic sorcery. That's the group that runs the planet, and they've been around since the Garden of Eden. They've been around since Cain killed Abel. They believe, this is what they believe, they believe that Lucifer defiled Eve, basically lied to her, had sex with her, and that the Cain bloodline is the progeny of Lucifer. That's what they believe. I don't believe all of that stuff because I'm not sure because I wasn't there, but that's what they believe. And they believe that this blood, this Cain bloodline, this Luciferian bloodline is also made stronger through Genesis chapter 6 when the fallen angels decided to breed with the girls on this planet until Noah was the only person left with clean DNA. And God saved him when he flooded the whole planet to get rid of this Nephilim 
fallen angel alien hybrid group of people that were running the planet. Guys, this thing goes back for thousands and thousands and thousands of years. You just think you showed up here and all the stuff behind you never happened? Read the entire article on political scientism, Woodrow Wilson and World War One that I posted today. We're probably the only news site that's got enough husband to post that, to be honest with you. Because quite frankly, it's not politically correct whatsoever. It's from Unz. But the reality is this Unz is a Jewish individual who has this website who basically have said, hey, look, these are the things that have happened. This is true. We've got to look at this. We've got to realize that the United States needs to be aware of what happened in its past. We need to understand why I have said to you so many times that Woodrow Wilson is the worst president this country has ever had, period. He is absolutely horrible. People say, well, you know, he, he, he couldn't help it. He was affected with syphilis. He was going insane. Uh, okay. Well, maybe they shouldn't have reelected him. Maybe they shouldn't have elected a syphilis-infected president to start with. He was the first Democratic president that won a second term since Andrew Jackson. That's, that's a fact. And so this guy was pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed. Read the article that I posted and get an understanding of what happened to the United States over 100 years ago now and who these clowns were and how this part of what they've done has affected everything from World War One to World War Two to the international banking cartels to all of it. It's right here. It started right here with this group of people. Understand that. Guys, I love you. I appreciate you. Thank you for praying for Austin. Good report yesterday. You guys have a wonderful weekend. Austin will be on Hagman tonight. Please listen to him. Go off and finish it up, and I'll talk to you guys on Monday. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, one of the excerpts from Kennedy's speech on the secret societies, that I've, I've listened to that speech numerous times because it's probably one of the most profound things any current, you know, as far as current time president ever said with calling out the truth. And remember, he was assassinated, I think, two years after the speech. And I mean, they they knew real quick the banker boys and everybody in the shadows. They could not allow him to continue to talk like this. One excerpt of it, he said, "We are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies on covert means for expanding its sphere of influence, on infiltration instead of invasion, on subversion instead of elections, on intimidation instead of free choice, on guerrillas by day instead of armies by or by night instead of armies by day." It's a system which conscripted vast human and material resources into building a tightly knit, highly efficient machine that combines military, diplomatic, intelligence, economic, scientific, and political operations. Its preparations are concealed, not published. And he goes on to talk about that as basically in secret societies and the aspect of secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society. And he's absolutely right. There has to be transparency. People have to know what's really going on. People crave to know what's going on. The problem with it is once you brainwash people and you tell them long enough that they don't want to know what's going on and they need to follow what we tell you and you can only listen to what we say and anything else anything says is essentially void, people begin to believe it if you say it over and over and over again. Just like Goebbels said from Nazi Germany, if you make the lie big enough, if you tell the lie long enough, People will eventually believe anything you tell them. And what's interesting about it is, you know, I saw another excerpt from yesterday on NBC somebody sent to me, and they're now comparing the video footage from the January 6th protest to the Holocaust footage after World War II. I can't, I can't even make this up. 
they they go on to say there, history will judge the January 6th deniers for not believing this is a true insurrection of the United States. So they're posting yesterday. And I'm like, oh my gosh, but remember, if you say it long enough and you make it big enough, eventually this will be in the history books and I should say history tablets, I guess, that they read on their iPads in 2030, 2040, 2050. If this continues to go and people don't continue to call out for what it is, they'll change the entire course of history when it comes to people believing it. Our children in 20 to 30 years will be taught about the January 6th insurrection. It will be an excerpt right beside 9-11. I'm not joking. That's where this is going to go. Because the media now is so digitized and it's so controlled and digital book burning has become such a popular thing to control and manipulate groupthink about what everybody's allowed to hear. It's the first time in history we've ever seen this, you know, over the last twenty years, with the exception of the internet. You know, the news and the papers, they were all the time constantly manipulated. But there was a lot of stuff. People put out true stuff and alternative media and the news. Well, it was really hard to argue with that because you know you start putting real news out, you start printing it out, start handing it everybody, everybody starts reading it. You can try to put out counter narratives, but it's much more difficult to fight. Now they just bought up all the printing presses via the digital media on television, and then hence the rub. They can control anything and everything that goes into the history books now. But also, good news. This is going to be interesting to watch and see what happens with this. This is a positive note. A federal judge now has ordered the FDA to quicken the speed of releasing all documents related to COVID, the Pfizer's COVID injection, after the government claimed it would take 75 years to fully divulge the data. In a ruling on Thursday, District Judge Mark Pittman rejected previous arguments from the FDA after it said it might take decades until 2096 to complete the FOIA Act. Though the agency said it can only process and publish around 500 pages a month, Pittman said it would have to pick up the pace, ordering them as a court order to put out 55,000 pages. This means the release of the documents must be hastened by a factor of more than 100. The court concludes that this FOIA request for information is a paramount to public importance, the judge wrote, adding that a drastically quicker release is not only practical, necessary, it is required. The FDA must now release 12,000 pages by the end of this month, then drastically speed up to the release by March. It also issued a joint status report detailing the progress of the rollout by April and then every three months afterwards. As previously highlighted, initially claimed it would take 55 years to release the data. Give me a break on that. What's interesting, he goes on to further say here. That the FOI's initial attempt to delay the release was dystopian, asking why the government can fund Pfizer to the tunes of tens of billions of dollars, shield them from lawsuits, and then deny the American public 451,000-page documents about a shot that the administration is making mandatory. The attorney called the district court ruling a great win for transparency that will eliminate the government's stranglehold on the vaccine data. Now, we'll see what happens with this. But again, get this information out there. This is crucial. But I've told you guys that before. The fact that they're trying to do that is very, very clearly intentional. They don't want anybody seeing what's in these shots anytime soon. They want to delay this, delay this, delay this, delay this until the vast majority of people that actually did get the shot and get the third booster, fourth booster, fifth booster are so sick. Nobody's going to be around to really rebuttal it or say anything. Everybody's going to be checked out. I'm in 2096. You kidding me? I won't even be here by then. Nobody will be here by then as far as except for like the young, young kids that don't even know what's going on right now. That's the point. <laughs> it's why they're trying to do it. So we'll see how this goes 
and we'll continue to follow up on it. Also, again, thank you for the continued support of Health Masters. I had a lot of people asking me about the B Complex for the new year to help out with energy, to help out with, you know, cardiovascular system, to help out in the gym when they're basically starting to train. The B Complex I went ahead and I put on sale today as a super sale, the beginning of the month, that should be up here in the next couple minutes, a 15% off on B-Complex, one of our most popular products, very, very good for the immune system, for energy, for cardiovascular, and for neurological functioning in the body. So be sure to check it out, the B-Complex. And also, too, I encourage everybody, continue to keep your body strong. Continue to stand up and be vocal. There's nothing wrong. There's nothing illegal. There's nothing completely against you being vocal about what you believe. Heck, you see people on the middle of the street wanting to scream and yell with bullhorns about why they think you have to do this or you have to do that. You have the same right. You have the same right to say no when people try to force you to do stuff against your will. So continue to stand your ground. Continue to push for truth and strength and always always make it vocal when somebody tries to go against that thank you again for the support my friends have a blessed safe awesome night great weekend have a fantastic night and also enjoy the hagman show tonight i'll be on there we'll talk to you again on this show monday as always you'll have a good one Broadcasting to the U.S. and around the world by way of clear digital audio, 22,500 miles above the planet. This is the Global Star Radio Network. <laughs>